When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Appreciate you joining us. It's a busy time, really busy time. We'll get right to it here in just a minute. A fine balls McWednesday to you and yours. I'm Jeff. That's Director Matthew here. And Tom is uh, in New York right now, but he is with us as well. So the show is conducted as normal. We'll get... Uh, Get to all of that in a moment. Let's begin with uh, these are these are interesting times, right? Rumors abound. Uh, I said it uh, on Monday's show when we started that there was a lot to unpack, and then proceeded to kind of go through what was on my mind and uh, what was obviously on a lot of people's mind about the committee's uh, screwing of Florida State, and then what that meant. And we talked about the ramifications of the sport and all of the. Uh, precedent that was uh, set and you know the inconsistencies the moving of the goalposts I'm not going to do all of that again we, we, we've done it uh, it is interesting that here we sit on Wednesday and the reverberations from that are still you know with us all it's still it, I, I suspect they will be for some time and that brings me to my next point which is that what's what's tough is that because we're in December and the portal is active and people are entering it and all of that and, and, and announcements are being made on social media about intentions and all of that. And, and so you're not only monitoring your own roster, you're monitoring other rosters, you're, you're looking at your recruiting class, if you will, you're reading all of the articles in the uh, aftermath of the aforementioned uh, committee decision. Joe Testator comes to town last night from ESPN to speak to the quarterback club. That gets a little testy, which, by the way, that's a harbinger of things to come. I can't imagine anybody at ESPN is going to be uh, welcomed with open arms anytime soon uh, upon their arrival in Tallahassee. I mean, seriously, if you look to next year's schedule, there are many candidates for game day to be here in Tallahassee, and they may have to put those guys up in Thomasville at an undisclosed location. Uh, because there's no way 
that anybody is going to be real happy uh, to see game day. I mean, we get it. Football will continue to be played. Games will happen. And you're going to continue to watch, a lot of you, most of you. But you don't have to forget, and you won't, and I won't. And I'll tell you more importantly, can you imagine now that you're Mike Norvell? And think about this big picture. I thought about this last night when Testator was being grilled. And he at one point said, come on, what is this, a, a game of gotcha? I'm sure he was very uncomfortable. But look, man, this is big boy stuff here. You're talking about millions of dollars. And you're talking about screwing kids that sacrificed everything to be out there and to do what they needed to do. And they did, and they were not rewarded, and that stings. But most importantly, above and beyond just you know the, the way that makes people feel, as you think about it as a coach, if any of you have ever had a coach that you loved, or if you were lucky enough to coach, I did briefly, but not for you know not at a high level, just with the, the city. I coached 12-year-olds. But it doesn't change anything. Like when you coach or play, you get the time and the sacrifice and the bonding that takes place. And somewhere along the way, that becomes love. You love your teammates. You love your coaches in some cases, and they love you. Well... You also know in your life, if somebody were to aggrieve you or to say something or do something that broke the heart of somebody you love and you thought was malicious and unfair, most importantly, how quick would you be to sit across from that person a year later when they came to town and wanted to have a a lunch with you, a conversation with you? Because this is what happens when you are a broadcaster and you have the game of the week you get to town early and you do interviews. You do your due, due diligence. You have to sit with coaches. You want to, by the way, sit with coaches and players and ask them questions and kind of get a sense of the team and what they've gone through and where they've excelled and where they've failed. And most of the time, because of the status of, say, Fox or ESPN, Those interviews are always granted. You get special access to those players and coaches because of the position you're in, because you're the behemoth, because you're the one that gives the most amount of exposure to the product. I cannot imagine that Mike Norvell is going to sit cordially and have a discussion with Kirk Herbstreet before a big game next year involving Florida State. How could he? The aforementioned kids he loves just got screwed and they were a big reason why and I just can't imagine that cold shoulder relationship really thawing anytime soon I I don't know how it could and this is just an observation just something to think about like that's that's probably relatively minor when we think about ramifications Relatively minor when we look at the big picture that a coach doesn't want to talk to an analyst. But to be sure, that is going to be a very uncomfortable conversation when it has when it happens, if it happens. Um, but but back to where we're at, and I want to address that I'm sure, because I see it on social media and in my inbox and in the chat and anywhere I go around town, and certainly on my phone for those that have the number. There are a lot of emotions that are still at play here, and then you go home or throughout the course of the day, you see a name of a player who has announced his intentions to go into the transfer portal. 
And you think, because you're emotional, because we're all still reeling from what just happened, is the whole world falling to pieces? What is going on? Is this the, is correlation, causation? Like, what do we have here? What is happening? Is it because Florida State got screwed that this kid decided he wanted to leave? And should I be concerned that it's all crumbling? And I would tell you, don't do that. You know, don't do that. Uh, because that's not that's not happening. Um, you know, luckily, um, luckily, this is a separate conversation, and it has to do with where we're at in this process, and it's a relatively new process. And um, that process is, you know, it's changing, it's growing, it's adapting, and I'm talking about the transfer portal and the NIL game and the collectives that are dealing with that. And so I, I, it's fascinating because I find it very interesting to watch. But it is strange and stranger than it will be moving forward because it's on the heels of what just happened, right? So it just feels like it's all happening at once and that it's caused by this thing. But what we're finding out is that kids, lots of, not all, and I'm not going to get specific with names, you know, they, they, there's, there's sort of a, a, a misunderstanding of what the marketplace looks like. And the serious collectives, the serious, the, the schools that have in place a battle's in or something akin to the battle's in, right? Who understand market forces and what's happening as this thing continues to develop, they understand that year over year, Sustainability is not going to be defined by succumbing to the whims and the demands of every player that has a good season. It can't. I mean, you have a budget. Even if it's a healthy budget, you're not going to reset the market for players if they demand something completely unreasonable because they don't understand that uh, it doesn't just keep going up. You can't just keep asking for more. If you watch the wire, the cost of the brick doesn't always go up. So if it's, this is, this is where we're at. Okay. Um, You got to have an understanding of that. And I don't know that all the players all over the country really do, but there's going to be sort of a come to Jesus moment for a lot of these guys, for a lot of players. Not just at FSU, but at schools all over the country. This idea that I'm going to play my great season and parlay that into millions of dollars for myself because even though this group may not be willing to give me whatever I'm going to ask for, I know that this other one will or this other one will. Well, they won't. They won't. There may be very few exceptions where that is the case. You know, when NIL and the collectives first became a thing – We saw what happens when crazy money is thrown at a problem with no structure and no real organizational goal and understanding of the long-term path that they wanted to go down and build as a business or, in this case, as a collective. You know, you saw the failure at Miami and other places where Ruiz and people like that we're, we're throwing money at a problem and it was not sustainable. You think about how people become worth hundreds of millions of dollars or billionaires. 
It's not throwing money at a problem without a return on investment, right? It's also not sustainable for people, no matter where they went to school, to say, you know what? Hey, I understand we're in the wild, wild west. It's new frontier, and, and you need my money, and I have a lot of it. And I have, let's say, $50 million, and I am willing to give a million or two or three to you because go team. Because I want to win. I don't want us to get passed over by my rival or anybody else in this conference. And so, therefore, what do you need? Oh, we got to give a quarterback $6 million, $9 million? Uh, You got it. You got me. At some point, people go, whoa, 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 whoa. Also, when they take a step back, they realize, well, what are you going to do next year? What are you going to do the next time a five-star quarterback wants to come to your school and they're aware that you threw $7 million at the previous quarterback? Yeah, they're not going to take less, and you can't sustain that. So we're watching the give and the take and the evolution of something that is very new, and it affects you every time you see a name, whether it's a player on your team or somebody else that you'd love to have from another team, and you think because of a social media announcement that it's happening. But it's not happening. It's not necessarily happening. There's no guarantee that it's going to happen or that it won't. The point would be, if you get really good news about a player who goes on a social media app and says that he intends to enter the transfer portal, understand that perhaps that's true, and perhaps he's using that to try to leverage more money, money he's never going to see. Other times, it may very well be that he, in fact, intends to go into the transfer portal. Of course, when you do that, you can't just tweet about it. You have to go to compliance. You got to go to your coaches. You got to fill out paperwork. There's a lot you have to do. Can't just be that I'm sitting on the couch and I'm pissed off because I asked for some money and nobody gave it to me. And now I'm hurt. And I think Ohio State's going to give it to me. You sure about that? You better be. I remember years and years and years and years ago, I was, uh, I was green in this business. And I uh, gained a little bit of popularity locally and did some other things nationally and started to have a, a bit of a foothold in my career. And I went to the company in, in, for transparency purposes. It was Clear Channel. This is many moons ago. I'm talking about 20 years ago. This isn't the stuff that happened that some of you may remember when I left there. And I thought I was doing really well. I had a, a great ratings period. I had done exceptionally well. And And my producer at the time, Matt Millar, was like, look at these ratings. And I went home and I thought, I'm broke as hell. I live in this tiny-ass apartment, and I got to borrow money for a beer. And I'm awesome. This isn't cool. Look at these ratings, man. Where's my money? Did you guys just see the book I had? And I went in with that mindset and said, I want more money. And I had no other job offer (laughs) at all. I didn't think it through. I just assumed everybody would want me because I was dumb and green and had never done it. And they went, well, you have done very well, and we're very encouraged, and we're very excited to watch you grow, and that's why we hired you. We think you're great. But you have a contract, and we're not going to give you any more money. And I went, well, that sucks. 
And I went back to my car and drove home to that apartment. <laughs> and I thought, you should have thought this through. <laughs> you don't have any leverage. <laughs> and I think there are kids all around the country right now at their respective schools going, I'm really good, man. I've made a bunch of tackles. Look at me. Somebody out there in this crazy world of college football is going to give me 700 grand. No, they're not. No, they're not. You're not Caleb Williams. You're not going out to Los Angeles and getting sponsored by Beats. You're just a pretty good defensive lineman. No, man. Nobody's going to do that. So, when you hear the kids say what they're saying, understand it could be a harbinger of things to come. They might be leaving or they're trying to negotiate through social media and they ain't going nowhere. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But you cannot suddenly be affected emotionally, especially in the wake of having been affected emotionally by what's going on right now. Take a deep breath, take a step back and say, we'll see. We'll see. We can do the Zen Master story. <laughs> we'll see. That's really good news. He's coming back. We'll see. We'll see. Man, we're screwed. He's leaving. We'll see. We'll see. That's where you need to be. Let's breathe. Let's breathe. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around, find you a Zaxby's, and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 
Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchan TV. Um, and, you know, listen, be smart enough to understand that uh, when I use a dollar amount, any dollar amount on the show, if you hear me talking specifically, like if I say 300000 700000 100000 these are just hypotheticals. I'm not talking about actual numbers for actual players. Don't be a literalist dumbass. Um, there are some of those in the chat always, I understand, but I just wanted to clarify for those dumbasses exactly uh, what's what. All right, Tom, how are you, brother? I'm sorry I didn't give you a chance to talk in that first segment. I just wanted to talk people off the ledge a little bit and give examples. Uh, I think that's the right approach. Um, I'm fine. I'm in a lot of places mentally about what's going on. It feels like there are six tasks and I only have two hands. You know what your mom would always say when you were a kid? I've got two hands. And there are five things that need to get done. Where do I go? That's what it feels like to me. Um, for me, the number one thing is where does Florida State go from here in terms of, um, you know, the next move out of the conference. It's, it's not about, um, you know, fighting the fight about, uh, I think more money should go to one place over the other. Uh, it's not about lawsuits against television networks. Yeah, you, got gamed, you got gamed by a system a system that you're not a part of, and it's very clear that you're not a part of it, mm-hmm. even if you're a partner of said network. Um, it's, the George, really the it's, the, it's the George Carlin. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. That is correct. So let's find a way into that club that just screwed us. I know that's dumb, but that's the way the world works. That's the way the world works, and so my focus is on that. You, you could be about college football needs to get fixed. Sure. You could say that NIL and that game needs to get tightened up and regulated. Absolutely. For me, my number one thing is at what point does some of the messaging that happened before the season so aggressively begin again with real commitments to timelines and results and and those types of things? Because I think what that would do, there's already a pissed off part of the fan base that's running to support Florida State in indirect manners or direct manners. And I think that's wonderful. But I think there's a large segment of the fan base that says, First things first, show me that we're going to get out of the ACC, and then I'm about what's next, and I will be there for you. It'll be interesting to find out the way that they message at Florida State. I don't know the answer to that, but I think, you know, Michael Alford certainly has his finger on the pulse of the way the fans feel because he feels similarly. I know that. Um, There are some big-time powers that be, some of whom I had a chance to talk to this past weekend in Charlotte, who we were talking before, I'll, I'll just say this, I won't name the person, but I was having a conversation with somebody who is a of major influence and has a lot of money and is a Florida State guy. And he was saying that, you know, we, we understand we have to leave this conference. And could, this was all being discussed long before the screw job took place. So this was already something that was on the minds of influential people, of course, as it has been dating back to the Board of Trustees meeting and so forth. And as we were talking about it, he was saying that, you know, there's there's very different things that, that an athletic director has to do. He has to oversee any number of, uh, obviously, you know, you, you're an athletic director. You're not just an athletic director of football, but you understand the key importance that football holds. But you also do have to have a sense of what's possible, what's realistic. And then that informs your talking points. And I will be curious to see what those talking points are the next time uh, that there is a forum for that discussion uh, about what is the path for Florida State to get out of here. Now, we both think, Tom, I know this, there's no chance Florida State's out of here next year. 
They're going to play the game in yeah. Ireland. They're going to play the schedule at hand, which includes Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, Miami. Um, you know, this is a it's a really good schedule, and in uh, Memphis, and they're they're going to play that schedule. Yeah, I totally agree that they will. I, you know, the, the schedules have been finalized across college football. There's no way you can reinvent the wheel for one school, even though you kind of reinvented the wheel of the college football playoff selection process for one school just a, a few days ago. Um, I think it's more likely 25. Um, you know, I hope it's not 2026. But it's just, I think if you have, for a large portion of the fan base that I think is completely reasonable, like I'm the guy who's yelling fund the exit because every dollar counts that you put into the grand pot. It helps you achieve the on the ground things and the big picture things. But if you're a part of the fan base that's saying, show me action and leadership from the top first before I part with my discretionary dollars, I hear you. I think that's completely a legitimate stance to have. And so even if the announcement was for 25, the sooner you can make that, the better. Correct. And I'm sure they know, I know they know that in the wake of this, most of the, the big wigs and the dignitaries, if they weren't sitting in the box with you in Charlotte in a, an executive suite on Saturday night, they were on the field for that celebration. You know, they were there for the trophy presentation and the aftermath of all that. I'm sure they feel as compelled as anybody to go make things happen. So in the interim, I, we call them in radio in the old days, since you referenced uh, Clear Channel, the P1s. The P1s are pissed. And they're spending because they don't want this to ever happen again. They want to leave no doubt beyond any doubt. But then there are others who I think are reasonable to say, show me a little something from the administrative side. Let's do better than the, than the uh, release that you put out there, Mr. President of the university on Sunday. That's just like, oh, by the way, not cool. Yeah, we could do better than that. Let's see, if, let's see what happens in the next couple of months from that side of things. And I get it. I think we should clarify for people out there, by the way, I know that on the site itself on warchant.com, uh, Corey put together a piece on the players that are either uh, announcing on Twitter and other forums that they plan to enter the portal or those that uh, maybe make official plans to do so. We, we don't know. Uh, Daughtry Richardson, Keyshawn Sapp, freshman defensive lineman, Ivami uh, uh, Tafasi, uh, also A.J. Duffy we already knew about, uh, Mark Easton Douglas, uh, Preston Daniel, uh, Dylan Brown Turner was a freshman linebacker. Walk on uh, C.J. Campbell. We already knew about him today. Bless Harris uh, announced as well that he intends. Uh, again, I want to reiterate something here that I just got done talking about. But there are some people maybe new to what's going on. Players can say on social media that they intend to enter the transfer portal. It does not make it so. Uh, this is uh, a new. Uh, okay, this is a common uh, dating back to last year occurrence and one in which players try to uh, find leverage uh, to get what their demands are. Now, I'm not saying they won't. And also, you have to understand that there are big decisions to make. Tom, you and I were talking during the break, and we were talking about the way that fans have to view the portal and in this period of time when a season ends and wraps up and we – we have in our mind that the the key players to 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 retain that we would like to see a, a group like the Battles in work to retain, and then we have in our head Corey Clark and I were having this discussion earlier today a number of players we think would be necessary in order not to take a step back. Then we have how do the dominoes fall discussions such as okay well 
how many people you bring in from outside the program as opposed to retaining players will be dictated by a number of things, such as, yes, your needs, right, to fulfill needs. The other part would be, all right, how do the dominoes fall? Which of the players are on your current roster that you know you can retain for a sensible amount of money, and how does that affect your budget? But then also, let's say you need a quarterback. Well, that's going to take precedent over any other position because quarterback more than any other position informs whether or not you're going to have a good season. So if you yeah. don't have a guy that you believe can lead the way next year in, in a sense that won't cause you to take a big step back and you're willing to go out there and you get word that there's a big-name quarterback or one that's of uh, unique ability – and he wants to come play for you, well, then that domino has to fall before you can even discuss anything else like tackle or linebacker or end or running back or whatever it is. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, look, last week we we did a, a segment on, and I think it was on the channel as a video, about the wish list of, of needs for, you know, what we think is necessary for the offseason. And quarterback was not part of it. I'm always willing to say that if more data is presented, you can change my mind. That's the way everybody should work. Correct. The data that's been presented, I'm willing to think about it now, but I'm not saying that they definitely need to get a quarterback just this second. I think first off, let's do something that we're very fond of on the show, which is defining our terms. Yeah. What is 2024 about? Like, I know we always want to go 12-0, and 0, but we're about to lose even before you have some players who can make choices that are at the sophomore class level or the junior class level, there is so much NFL talent leaving this team this offseason, starting now. Yeah. We were never supposed to have this conversation this week because we should be talking about the playoff, but thanks to the committee, we're having it right here, right now, 72 mm -hmm. hours after they made their decision. So that sucks, but there's a lot of NFL talent leaving this roster. What is reasonable to expect for the dollars that you have? Is it 10 wins? and you're building towards 12 and two seasons? Is it you think you can really flip this thing immediately on its head and be right back at 11 or 12 wins and either an ACC champion or in the ACC championship game? You've got to define that before you make your decisions on one-year players, high school players, multi -year or multi-year transfers. Yeah. And the thing I'd say is there is no fixed number of players that you can go get in the portal. The numbers are constantly changing. Correct. Look at what's going on right now. Like the battle's end, or any collective in a country can believe that they have the following needs on a, on a Tuesday at noon. That same Tuesday, five minutes later, there could be a player that they don't expect to enter the portal to put his name in the portal. Because guess what? If you're going to leave a place, chances are you're not going to communicate that to the collective and say, thanks for everything, I'm about to put my name in the portal five hours from now. So it's, it's a constantly changing process. It's like the worst nightmare of an NFL capologist come to life. Yeah, it's also important to note, and I want to get this information out there, because this is a conversation about having informed opinions and kind of taking the time to digest what's happening, and it's happening in rapid-fire fashion. Understand that the, the maturity of the players that I'm referencing when I talk about their learning as we go along what's possible with the collective that they work directly with, what's possible as they look elsewhere, other markets, if you will, other programs, what those collectives are or are not. There's more information out there to be gleaned. So if I'm a player and I'm at Texas A&M and I took the money because I thought, man, this is a chance to get paid and 
you know, they're building an all-star team there with great facilities, and it's going to work out for me. And then I go there, and I get the money, and I'm happy about that, but we lose a bunch of football games. They fire the football coach. They're in a state of disarray, and I think to myself, well, I don't want to be part of this. I want to leave. And then I start contacting other places. I'm going to get answers, perhaps, if I'm a good player, uh, as to what's possible. Well, every time that happens and a player does that, no matter where they are, more information can be gleaned about how this really works and which collectives are the real deal and which ones are not, which ones will lead you astray, which ones don't follow through on their promises, which ones are to be believed. And then the the collectives themselves now all talking amongst each other in a way that they didn't when this all first started. They too are learning from one another. And this grows every day, each time the process takes place. So why do I say that? Well, here's why I say that. These collectives, the ones that are successful, are not going to get played over and over and over again. So this idea, when this first started, that you could take the money from Collective A, play a year, bend them over, take that money and say, I'm out, and I'm going to go get more money over here because I can transfer. Uh-uh, man. That ain't going down like that. You can transfer, but you're going to have to pay some of that money back because they're protecting themselves now in these contracts. So these, I, I've talked to other people, not just the battle's in. You talk to these people that have a buttoned-up organization, and they're not going to let kids just roll right over them and say, I want this amount of money, and oh, by the way, next year I'm riding out to uh, Texas, and I'm going to demand the same amount. No, man, you're going to give us that money back is what you're going to do if that's how you want to play the game. So you want to be big boy and be treated like a professional and get paid? Well, you can get cut like one, too, and you can also sign a contract where there are repercussions for breaking it. Jeff Cameron oh, Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Sorry, Tom, we'll talk in a sec. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit fsuhomeloans.com, fsuhomeloans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Yeah, I see you there in the chat, Chris. It made me laugh, too. I happened to notice that um, while we while we were talking. That That's that's interesting. It looks like uh, Peyton has deleted his tweet. Hmm. That's shocking. Uh, Tom, sorry, buddy. Cut you off. We were making our points, and uh, this, is the pro- this, is the, this is the one downside when we're not in the same place, but it can happen. What's happening? Uh, I was just thinking about how economically backwards the system is in general. If you are on the payee side, sorry, the payer side Mm -hmm. of it, if you're somebody who contributes to a collective or you're the head of a collective, like typically you have revenues that are generated because there's interest in your product. This is like donations that aren't really tax deductible per se in most cases. And in the investment that you're getting from a client, let's call it, or a donor, if you're the battle end, doesn't have an ROI in terms of dollars. And then there's the other part of it that the players in the market hasn't been regulated. So there, there are all these factors that are going on. Say, for example, here's an easy way to put it. Let's say there was no NFL draft. 
There wasn't a draft every year. There are 32 teams, and there is a pool of players that come out of high school and college, and it's your choice. But you have a salary cap. Here's your cap. How are you going to sort that mess out? And let's throw on top of it that in most cases, you are on one-year contracts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a bunch of players. They have one free strike. It's almost the opposite of the franchise tag. They have a player tag, a one-year, one, one time only, twice after status, which you could call graduation, opportunity to say, I can leave anytime I want. That is what collectives are doing right now, is they're operating in a sport without a draft, without necessarily a cap, but then also a market that hasn't been fully regulated yet. So you're sorting through about four or five problems at once with multiple variables at once. And I'm going to guess when you see things like on threes, NIL valuation and things like that, that they're not far off because the collectives at least get together and say, Hey man, we're not going to have these funds forever. Yeah. It's not collusion. It's information. It's not collusion. It's, it's information on, What's a guy worth? There's always going to be a desperate program out there every year. See Auburn or Colorado or Texas A&M or Miami. There will be more. There will be more programs that are desperate like that. But there aren't going to be 10 of them in offseason. There aren't going to be five of them in offseason. There's usually going to be one or two. And if you're that good that you're going to put out on social media that you want to think twice, sorry, fan base, I'm about to go, maybe you're good enough to, to land an offer from that desperate collective but more times than not, no, you're not going to be good enough to get the number that you think that you deserve. Really quickly, I didn't address this at the top of the show as we talked about these big-picture issues. Johnny Wilson is going to skip the Orange Bowl, will declare for the NFL draft. He told that to ESPN and others today, and he added that he plans to play in the Senior Bowl as part of this uh, ramp-up to the draft. Uh, that is a real thing that is happening, and he is going to do that, and we really do wish him nothing but the best. Good luck to you, Johnny Wilson. It was fun to watch you improve your status from a guy that really wasn't thought of at all at Arizona State to a guy that now has a chance to make a living playing professional football after a nice uh, career here at Florida State uh, to here, two years here. Uh, where he had 1,757 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, averaging 17.1 yards per catch. Uh, quote, it's just been a thing that I've been thinking about for a long time. I wanted to finish the season with an opportunity to compete for the national championship. That didn't happen. I knew this was going to be my last year. I put what I wanted to put on film and did what I normally do on the field. It felt like it was the right time. I did what I could here. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, in 2022, 43 passes, uh, receptions, I should say, 897 yards, five touchdowns, averaged 20.9 yards per catch. Also carried over to this year, played just the 10 games because of the two he missed due to the concussion. He finished with 41 catches for 617 yards and a pair of touchdown catches. Um, you know, he's an interesting player. Uh, he, he can be utilized in a lot of different ways. He stresses that in his release, and I think that's true. Um you know, you can't teach that size. Uh, he will be hindered by the inconsistencies in terms of catching the football, uh, but he is aided by some of those other physical talents. He's a hard worker, and he's willing to block, and he is really willing to block. Uh, that will look good on film for people that are interested in Johnny Wilson. Florida State's about to have a slew of players get drafted this year, and this brings me to another point to make about the transfer portal and where Florida State finds itself on the heels of that bitter disappointment uh, with the big fix. And I would tell you that if you if you think about Florida State right now, for every kid that may want to exit 
um, from this from this program right now, and they're all for different reasons. Some are bitter, some aren't playing, some want more money, some want whatever. There are a ton, and I can tell you this from having talked to people uh, behind the scenes, there are a ton of players from all over the country, including elite big-time programs that feel like Florida State has proven itself beyond a shadow of a doubt that they not only are an elite place to come play football, that's obvious. Uh, you know, you get back-to-back wins, back-to-back years over LSU. You win the state again. You beat Florida again. You're undefeated. You win the conference. This is on the heels of winning 10 games the year before. Um, people now know it's stabilized. Your coach is winning awards left and right. He's been paid. The staff is handsomely paid. The NIL collective is solid as a rock. Everybody recognizes that the development of the players that have come in and uh, helped elevate their status and their career path, these are all things that add up to this being a desirous place for, for players elsewhere to go to. So I'm hearing, as we sit here today, there are a lot of tough decisions to be made for Florida State coaches because they have an influx of really elite talent that want to bring their services to Tallahassee. So, you know, you wish Bless Harris luck. I get it. He wants to go somewhere to play, and, you know, he had a hard time staying on the field due to injury here. We wish Bless Harris luck. He's a good football player. If, in fact, he does enter his name into the portal and he leaves, good luck to him. But you're hearing a lot about players that would like to come here, and that includes Offensive and defensive linemen, defensive ends, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, Florida State, because they've been able to build in the manner that they have, are in a position to make some really tough decisions or have to make some really tough decisions because of the successes through the portal and on the field. And that's really the other aspect of this, isn't it, Tom, that it's not just that you wake up one morning and you see a player says he wants to leave or he's frustrated. It's that, okay, well, you know, that that might sting a little bit, but who's on their way to come replace him? And that's really exciting. And you don't know that. You won't know that right away. You just got to wait. No, I, this is a, it's an impossible thing. I just said for if you're the head of a collective or maybe you're on the side of the decision-making for a collective because everything's changing at all times and you've got to make a decision a lot with imperfect information. But then on the other side of it, if you're trying to cover it like we are, there are three stages to a transfer and three possible outcomes. There's a social media announcement about being in the portal. <laughs> There's actually going into the portal. There's the paperwork you have to fill out to go to the portal, right? And then there's actually transferring to a different school and not coming back to the school that you are entering the portal from. Like, it's never over until you get to that third step, but it feels like it's over at each individual step along the way. Only one of them is it really over. It's when you either take your name out of the portal and stay where you are or stay. Actually, there's three. Stay where you are or go. Like, if somebody deleted a tweet today about, sorry, fan base, I, I got to do what's best for me. I mean, there it is. That was stage one. We didn't even get into stage two where name officially is entered into the portal. Now we'll see. Maybe in five minutes, there's an even meaner tweet. And then the name <laughs> is in the portal. I, I don't know, but it, it just... A to meaner me, tweet. <laughs> it, it comes down to decisions have to be made by level-headed people and they cannot be made emotionally and no. in a moment. It's always with the big picture in mind. For example, let's just say pie in the sky you had a few defensive linemen in a given year that want 12 units 
and you've got 10, and so you've got to make a decision in that situation. Well, you know you can't have all three because you got 10, they want 12, so you got to do some math to make it work as best as you yeah. can for you. And let's say you commit to six and you've got four left over. I would bet you that from a group of five school or a lower power five school than Florida State, you might be able to get two more players and fit three or four under that 10 unit threshold. And that's the math they have to constantly do as a collective at Florida State, Alabama, A&M under Mike Elko as a new head coach. This, it just constantly changes. It is not an easy job. I do not envy those collectives, but I do know that they're absolutely necessary and you need them to not be emotional like crazy ass Ruiz down in Miami. Yeah, well, you see what happens if they are and uh, like Ruiz down at Miami. So, you know, th- that's that's what we end up with. Uh, I, I think we're in good shape. I think we're in good shape here. I'm very excited to see, A, what that final signing class looks like. Let's not forget. Big time what's happening there. Uh, B, I'm really excited to see what kind of opportunities there are regarding, um, you know, not just roster retention, but who do you bring in to fill those for players that are leaving. And it's not just those that are leaving for the portal, but players who just graduated moved on. Their time's up. They're going to the NFL. That's the way it works. Uh, really quickly, thank you, Z-Chan. Jeff, well said in regards to players and the battle's end. That being said, if you love FSU athletics and want to see it thrive, please consider joining the battle's end. It's a worthy investment. Go Knowles. Uh, Treasure Coast Knoll writes, do you think the 12-team playoff, we could go back to the BCS formula, AP slash coach, I test computers, objectives, since the human experiment has failed. I always thought the human experiment would fail. I will tell you this, Treasure Coast Knowles, and thank you for your contribution of $13, duly noted. Uh, I will say this. College football has been an imperfect system from Jump Street. It is really hard to crown a real national champion in college football. You have over 100 programs in college football, and they play disparate schedules, so you are never comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. It's always a bit of a, I think, you think, my opinion, your opinion, so... And that's why there have been so many moments of controversy over such a long period of time as it pertains to college football. But for a very long time, even in the wake... Of all of what we've seen play out the last 25 years, I did say, man, I feel like the BCS was moving down the right path. I mean, you, as Jimbo would point out to us, (laughs) I thought people made computers. So, yeah, you could put the information you want to use or to be (laughs) utilized to judge these teams and, and pour it into the computer and then step back, and that way... Somebody like uh, somebody soft and impotent and who's easily bowled over like Boo Kerrigan doesn't really factor in. You can just be like, well, Boo, you sit over there and be timid and useless. Doesn't matter. And then everybody else, we can just watch the numbers. I know it's a long, probably a long answer for a short period of time we have left. Do you think the winner of the Invitational is a legitimate national champion this year? I, I, I've always thought, Tom, that the winner of the Invitational, especially when it's us, um, was about the best they could do. I, I, I don't think there's a perfect system out there. The, I, I've, I'm aggrieved and angry and all those things, but it's never been truly uh, a meritocracy in, in, in terms of f- finding out who the national champion is. Um, I, I get it. It's, it's frustrating. Now we're number two forthcoming. Stay with. 